the blast from our past network. Hey everyone, co-host Corey here. I just wanted to take a quick second and say thank you to all of our Patreon supporters. Without you, podcasting after dark would not be possible. If you would like to help the show grow, please consider signing up at patreon.com slash podcasting after dark. You can also support the show by purchasing one of our awesome t-shirt designs on our merch store at podcastingafterdark.com or by picking up a copy of Seven Winters Alone by David Irons on paperback, hardback, or Kindle. Just search for Seven Winters Alone on Amazon or click on the link in the show notes. A free way to help out is to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Those reviews are huge for us and really helps get the show in front of new listeners. Again, thank you all so much for the love and support you've given us over these past few years. It really means the world to us. Podcasting After Dark presents TV Obscura, a deep dive into underrated and unknown television shows from our youth. Cartoons, sitcoms, cop shows, and much more. Sit back and enjoy some nostalgic fun with TV Obscura. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the first TV Obscura of 2023. We hope everybody out there had a great New Year's Eve, and uh, I know we're about halfway through the month, but Happy New Year's to everybody, and Happy New Year's to my two co-hosts. I am one-third of the TV Obscura team, Corey, a.k.a. Sleazy C. Joined with me, as always, my two brothers from other mothers, Zach the Total Snacked Schaefer and Diallo the Armageddon Jackson. Boyos, I am so happy to be back in the TV Obscura seat. It, it hasn't been too long since our Christmas special and everything, but this feels nice because we're getting back to uh, to our roots, our TV Obscura roots, and we are going to be talking about three separate uh, comedies, spoof comedies, parody comedies uh, that range from the late 70s to the late 90s. But I'd say the one thing these all have in common is we wouldn't have shows uh, on Adult Swim like NTSC, SUV, that show, and, and uh, Eagle Heart. We would not have those Adult Swim parody shows without these three shows. And I am, of course, talking about Young Guy Christian from 1979, the pilot episode. Zach will be tackling that one. Diallo is going to be talking about Heat Vision and Jack, 1999, also only a pilot episode. And I will be discussing Sledgehammer, 1986 through 1988. And as per usual, I have the most mainstream show of the bunch. But <laughs> boyos, my friends, Diallo, how are you doing, my man? Doing What's up? What's oh. going on out there in the podcasting world? Do you have any uh, any news or anything going on or any other news? Um, everything I'm doing is uh, kind of in the basement right now. Okay. Um, you know, I have some really cool things when I'm done to when I launch it. It's going to be cool. But right now I'm just diligently in the basement working away like the mad scientist in a 80s movie building his <laughs> empire. 
<laughs> you're in so, the lab and yeah. uh, as you know obviously go check out uh you know everything that diallo always is working on angela in the dark and uh, the first noel chronicles and as always we have links in the show notes so support our favorite artist and zach you're rocking and rolling with dustin over at two dollar late fee i know i know you guys are on hiatus right now but uh, you're also cranking away on uh patreon patreon exclusive material and uh what's coming up uh, in february and whatnot when you guys are launching uh season four correct yes that yes we are planning a big rollout for season four and we've been it was funny this was supposed to be a legit like take a break recharge replenish but we've been as busy as we normally are uh editing old stuff putting out some exclusive stuff that we haven't aired yet but we will i'll get to that at the end of the program uh working on convention stuff and uh all sorts of fun goodies booking guests and whatnot and uh deep diving into stuff like young guy christian <laughs> it's it sounds like we are all three of us are pretty equally busy on uh various projects and creative uh things but i gotta say this episode of tv obscura i think all three of these shows i've well i know i've talked about sledgehammer before but i've diallo i've heard you talk about heat vision and jack before and zach i've heard you talk about young guy christian before so it's fun to finally tackle all three of these shows and boy oh boy me personally i thought all three of them were a hoot now the question is zach do are we gonna get a Bodie rating on this one or not no we're not okay. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't think we were i didn't think we were part of me was like should i because i'll go into the whole details of young guy christian in a second but i i'm watching it and i'm like no that that's not what probably not for him probably then i was watching uh heat 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 wave heat vision heat, and jack heat vision and jack <laughs> jack off and uh and i was like no i can't nope the parts of that nope there's one specific scene i probably would have to have a whole lot of discussion with him about <laughs> and then the tamest of the bunch uh sledgehammer i told him about it and i said we will watch that down the road he thought it was hilarious just some of the lines i threw out so out of the three, Sledgehammer, believe it or not, is probably the tamest of the bunch. Isn't it? It's funny. And it's, I mean, watching and it now. And the most woke. I know. And the most woke, actually. <laughs> it's wild. It's absolutely <laughs> fucking wild. But I've got so many things to say about all three of these shows that I think you know. uh, I think we're going to need a lot of time on this one. So, Zach, why don't you take us into Young Guy Christian from 1979? And real quick, as always, guys and gals, uh, put all of these episodes up on the Patreon page. That's po- uh, that's patreon.com slash podcasting after dark. And uh, the entry is absolutely free. It's not behind the paywall. So you don't have to be a member to our Patreon to go and watch these. But I included all the links uh, for Zach and for Diallo's. That's the only thing that there is. It's only the pilot episodes. Uh, but for um, um, Sledgehammer, they do have a uh, DVD box set that you can buy on Amazon. And spoiler alert, I purchased mine today. <laughs> yeah, I actually bought it <laughs> around the same time as well because I'm like, oh, no, I need to own this yeah, because it's so good. It's so but good. Um, Young Guy Christian was, well, uh, here's a quick little backstory. So. A little over a year ago, actually, uh, yeah, a, a year ago and some change, I uh, had the privilege of interviewing Barry Bostwick for $2 late fee, talking about Megaforce. And uh, 
he is in the process right now of having a documentary made about the movie Megaforce by a guy named Bob Lindemeyer. Bob Lindemeyer and I became friendly on the socials, and then we met at L.A. Comic-Con late last year in 2022, and he said to me within five, ten minutes of talking to him, he goes, have you seen Young Guy Christian? And I said, what's that? He goes, oh, man. (laughs) Have I got a show for you? You've got to check out this pilot that came out back in the late 70s. Uh, Barry hardly remembers any of it. And uh, and when I brought it up to him, he's like, you remember that thing? (laughs) So, uh, yeah, he goes, it's on YouTube. you got to check it out. Fortunately, it is on YouTube. But the backstory is on Young Guy Christian. Uh, it was a pilot for ABC. It aired March 24th, 1979. Uh, quick shout out to a website that is probably the only website that has referenced it. Uh, it's called TV Obscurities. It's been around for a while now. Okay. In 2009, they, and, they and by a the way, blur. we did not steal our name from them. By the way, <laughs> no, we did not. Yeah, I just, I don't, I don't want to be that guy. Because I don't want to be that guy. When you were saying you were, you went TV obscure, and I was like, is he making a joke? Is it going to be TVobscura.com? <laughs> yeah. No, I don't. You know, I would, I don't want to be that guy who'd be like, oh, I got all this information and not quote my sources. Yeah. No, know? I think that's the correct thing to do these days yeah this this article came out in 2009 it's literally a paragraph in a in a half um talking about this pilot and so quick shout out to them just so you know if anyone wants to go check out their website i don't think they have a podcast so we're good (laughs) (laughs) and if they do they should come on the show and talk about it maybe that'll be one of our guests (laughs) anyways um yeah, this was an ABC sitcom. Diallo, I'll let Diallo talk about what it was uh, took the place of uh, when it aired. But it came out right after Mork and Mindy. And it was a parody of, like, James Bond, basically. You know, uh, Barry Bostwick plays this guy named Young Guy Christian. He's a spy sleuth, uh, super spy kind of guy. And he's got a an assistant um played by Shelley Long and his assistant's did, did, name played by mine and Diallo's new current crush Shelley Long. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Shelley Long plays Mia uh Mishugi and she's the daughter of Pat Morita who plays Professor Mishugi. <laughs> uh I don't need to re- explain their resumes cuz everyone knows who they are. Uh but the other his kind of co Hort, his uh, his his assistant on the show is this half like man, half robot guy named Junkman, played by Richard Karen. Uh, Richard Karen is kind of a he's a character actor who's been in stuff from the the 70s and the 80s, uh, like the movie History of the World Part One and Fatso, and he was on Darkwing Duck uh, for for I think one season. He played a character named A. F. Erit. Um, I mean, he's been in a ton of things. Anyways, he's terrific. Uh, it's got a couple villain guest stars on it. Charles Tyner plays Dr. Gass. G-A-S-S-S. That's three S's. And he, uh, he's been in so many movies like Harold and Maude, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, Jeremiah Judson, Cool Hand Luke, like super recognizable character actor. And another character actor, uh, Alfie Wise, is in it. And I only bring him up because he has, like, one little line in the movie. The guy's been in uh, 
a ton. He was also in the longest yard, by the way. And if you guys have never seen the longest yard, to me, it's my favorite football movie of all time. Not the program, Diallo, even though I love the program. Why did you bring? Why did uh, you mention me? I don't, <laughs> I don't know because I thought the program I mean, you might be hip to that movie. Because I mean, kind of, I know, I know cool. the program. I was like, you know, why did you call maybe, me out? Because you're probably the only one out of the three of us that knows about the program. <laughs> I saw that shit in the theater. But and by the anyways, way, Alfie Wise plays the Adam in 1979's Legends of the Superheroes. Oh wow! Yes, Di- Diallo. Yes. Is that the show we were just talking yeah. about? Mm-hmm. How is this? How am I learning about it's this show connected. twice in one day? Then I've never heard about it before now. <laughs> and it is. It's in the zeitgeist. Still better than all of the DCU movies. No, I'm just. I'm just kidding. It's not. It's really not. So, uh, so a fan, yeah, real I'll... quick, a fan introduced us to uh, or me to it um, um, today on Instagram, Legends of the Superheroes, and I was just telling uh, Diallo and Zach that we should do like a special episode the tv obscure dedicated to it so my mind is just blown that it's again in my my you know my purview right now so not maybe we'll get alfie wise on to talk about that that'd be wild because <laughs> that that dude was in every uh hal needham movie back in the day as well like cannonball run Smokey and the bandit stroker race he was also in rad and i bring him up because uh you know Barry Bostwick was in Megaforce, which is directed by Hal Needham. If you don't know who Hal Needham is, look up his resume. It's bonkers. Anyways, that's pretty much the main cast of the of the first pilot episode. Young guy Christian, uh, Barry Bostwick, plays this spy who has to uh, take down Dr. Gas, who has kidnapped uh, planet, pageant contest- planet pageant contestants. <laughs> and... Uh, he's gonna wants to take over the world. It's all silly stuff. I don't want to spoil too much of it, really, because I think everyone who I don't think outside of us and Bob Lindemeyer, <laughs> I don't think many people have seen this show. Um, it's wild. It's super parody. Uh, it, it there's a choreographed fight slash dance scene at the end which is in my opinion one of the most entertaining one of the most entertaining fight scenes i've ever seen on film the fight dance uh, is, is phenomenal Absolutely the fact phenomenal. that that the fact that that has not been um recreated yet it, it's gold it's gold that's just waiting to be recreated in my opinion i think the reason it hasn't is because for decades this show existed only at the UCLA Film and Television Collection oh. on campus at UCLA on a VHS tape. It's never been transferred digitally up until, I believe, uh, a few years ago. If you go to the YouTube, there's only one version of this on YouTube. It was posted a year ago. So some some um, hero some hero at UCLA took that VHS copy, scanned it in, and uploaded it. And my God, thank you, thank you for that. Yeah, there there is a there is a web uh, YouTube channel called the Museum of Classic Chicago uh, Television <laughs> or Fuzzy Memories TV. Fuzzy Memories, yeah, I saw that in the watermark on the uh, yeah. Yeah, and they and they uh, they posted the the video on there, and and it's got the original commercials from 1979, yeah, yeah. which is 
so much fun. And, um, and actually, what I love is the the intro guy uh, talking about the the show. I love how he goes, "Young guy, Christian." Like he put this weird <laughs> emphasis on the guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's it, it's a wild show in in many ways. Um, you know, Barry Bostwick. Most people know him from Rocky Horror Picture Show and Spin City. However, the cool kids know him from Megaforce. And this character is not too much different from the one in Megaforce. He's a ladies' man. He's kind of an idiot, but, like, you still love him for it. Uh, but also not an idiot. Like, he's really freaking talented, but then makes buffoon uh, statements or moments throughout. Uh, you know, like, my favorite line from one of my favorite lines from this episode was, I can't stay here in cha-cha while the world is on the brink of disaster with his making out with his lady friend. Um, it, it, it's, it's a wild show. Uh, I, I, I just recommend the, the special effects are really good, really good, like way better than they probably should have been. Um, and the guy who worked on those special effects, his name is Wayne Bouchamp, uh, or sorry, Wayne Boo, Wayne Bouchmap, <laughs> B-E-A-U-C-H-M-A-P. I just want to give him a shout out because he said in this article he never got to see the final cut of this show after all the work he did on the show, which is a shame because I think he did a really good job. It's got thrills. It's got a, a torture chamber uh, that's labeled with a neon sign. <laughs> it's got a giant vacuum that sucks people up, and you got Shelley Long hanging from said vacuum. Uh, Pat Morita and his wacky wildness. Uh, Barry Bostwick and, with the greatest head of hair you've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, he basically took John Travolta's hair from Saturday Night Fever and put it on his head. It's glorious. <laughs> and it is, yeah, it is Barry Bostwick and all his glory. This guy does not get the credit that he deserves as a comedian. He's so funny with his timing. Young Guy Christian, I loved it. I'm going to throw it to you guys. Corey, you're like chopping at the bit. Go for I, it. What was your thought? I, I, I can't handle it. It was so good. It was I can't sad. handle it. I can't handle it. I can't handle how much fun it was. It was, I thought it was hilarious. Um, the, it has like, you know, tropes that we see now that, that are, that are kind of like standard in shows like this of this ilk. And I have to imagine that when this was created, those were kind of, you know, fresher tropes. Yes. It's still a, a parody spoof of, you know, James Bond type of stuff. But I mean, this was doing it in 79. This was doing it 15 years before, uh, uh um, Austin Powers. This was doing it like 15 years before like Austin Powers was, you know, 20 years, At 20 right? years. And it was, and like, it's all the pieces are already there. And then on top of it, I got shades of anime with Pat Morita's character and stuff. I felt was kind of anime esque. Totally. And then Shelly Long, I, I've, I grew up watching cheers, but, but Diallo, I don't know if you can attest to this, but for some reason in this episode, I was like, uh Oh, uh-oh, I have a crush on Shelly Long here. And I was like, but why? I was like, I know Shelly Long. I've seen her before. But for some reason, this performance, I very much enjoyed. Um, I don't I, I don't even know where to start. The, the boat that they're on is called the Flaunt. 
because he's flaunting it. It's so fucking good. <laughs> Barry Bostwick's ha- hair is fantastic. Uh, the show has just a great sex appeal to it. Um, shout out to the casting director. He or she <laughs> hired a lot of busty women for this uh, for this pilot episode. I knew you were going to bring that up. Props to them. Like, so busty. And I'm like, you have a type. That's great. <laughs> the the villain was fantastic. You know who know who knows if he was going to be like an an ongoing type of thing. Um, but T to B, thirty minutes of pure joy, absolute joy. I was laughing. I was watching it on YouTube and sitting here at my desk, fucking laughing my ass off at this thing. Um, Diallo, you mentioned a show that it bumped for the. Uh, <laughs> For the for the night that this ran, what was that show called? So, <laughs> I was obsessed with this show called Angie, and I think it was only on for like one season. Um, but uh, it starred Donna Pescow and um, Robert Hayes, and uh, oh. it was I don't oh. and it, um, the I forget uh, Dora Roberts, I think her name was the uh, was the mother, Dorothy Roberts, oh, Doris Roberts? Doris Roberts. Was she on? Um, was she on? Uh, uh, Everyone loves Rain. Yeah, I think she was like the mom, the step, the the mom, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I just pulled it up on IMDb. Uh, yeah, Angie, nineteen seventy nine. Uh, yeah, it was Doris Roberts uh, played uh, Teresa Falco. Yeah, and then the uh, there was a sister that I think was on Rhoda. I think I can't remember, but anyways, De- Deborah Lee Scott. Deborah Lee Scott. That sounds right. Yeah. So yeah, I loved like I. So the thing that <laughs> the thing that like I loved about that show is just the. It was actually the the theme music. It's a Different Worlds by Maureen McGovern, which I still love it so much that it was in my running um, playlist <laughs> when I would run. <laughs> oh, nice. I, like I love that nice. song so much. Anyway, so. When this started, um, you know, they had the end credits from Mork and Mindy, and it was yeah. like, and they were like, we're going to, you know, we're not going to show Angie tonight. And I was like, oh, okay, this show's got an uphill battle right away. <laughs> right away with me. I was like, how dare you? How dare you try to put something on on top of Angie? But I will say, um, I actually really enjoyed it. Um, I'd never heard of it before. Um, but it was fantastic. And, uh, yeah, like you, like, you know, I texted you you guys, right. When I was watching it, like, um, yeah, there's never been a day in my life that I ever, ever thought of Shelley Long as anything other than like that stiff, cold, you know, kind of character from Cheers. And she was in Money Pit, which I enjoy immensely. Yeah, Money Pit's great. Um, but I never, ever thought of her as any sort of like sex symbol or anything and i'm watching this show and i i'm like i had an instant crush on her like an intense instant crush on shelly long and i was like what's happening right now i don't (laughs) i did not understand it um and i think it's just she was actually playing a different type really and it was like it was the first time i actually saw i was like oh yeah she's actually really attractive and the funny thing is when you texted that i was like i texted you back i was like bro you're literally going through the same emotions i went through just three hours ago i was like i was in the same boat as you i'm like why am i feeling this why is this happening yeah it was crazy i was and i just just drawn into her it was crazy this is the that probably the only time she's ever played a role like this that i can think of yeah 
Yeah, because once she was on Cheers, she kind of played that type. All even yeah. in what was that trick the the camp movie Troop? Uh, oh, Troop Beverly, Troop Beverly Hills. Hills. Yeah, yeah, she's always played that type for since Cheers. So I think the only time she ever kind of played sweet bubbly was in the Money Pit. I know uh, you know irreconcilable irreconcilable differences. Mm-hmm. She, that movie is depressing as hell, mm-hmm. and she's like going through a divorce, and you're like, oh, that's not sexy. Yeah. Uh, Outrageous Fortune, right? Mm-hmm. She was still, which is a fun movie too, by the way. Yeah. I think she might have been. I feel like Bette Midler was more of like the sexy lady in that. Uh, she was more like uptight. She played uptight, uptight really yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. She does not play uptight. She does in not young play guy uptight Christian. in Young Guy Christian at all. And it, it Mia is, and it's not like it, it wasn't like it was her role wasn't like as, as it wasn't sexualized per se no. either. No. It just was like it was almost like you got to see her with with her defenses down or something. Her walls were down, and she actually was like really charming and and like really cute. And it was just like, oh my god, this. I'm in love with Shelley Long right now. This is crazy. <laughs> I mean, young guy, young guy Christian was in love with her with that moment, that scene where he asks her to, uh, you know, basically show how she would defend herself against uh, marauders or something. Yeah, I uh, almost texted you guys right on that scene, being like, "I wish I would get kissed by Shelley Long <laughs> right now." <laughs> she is definitely her and Barry. I mean, well, come on, Barry Bostwick, Shelley Long, Pat Morita. Like that's three top-notch comedic actors. If you think about yeah. it, they've all done comedy. Pat Morita, before he was, uh, you know, Mr. Miyagi, he was on Happy Days, tearing it up on that show. Mm-hmm. So he's great. Yeah. yeah he's, 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 I got to ask you guys really quick: Have you seen? Have you ever seen or heard of a show called Lancelot Link? Heard no. of it, but I don't. Not. It's like super vague for me. We're going back to like early 70s, maybe 1970s specifically, but they were they were monkeys. It was a spy show with monkeys, the whole cast monkeys. And, um, you know, young guy Christian definitely has shades of Austin Powers, like you said, Corey. Lancelot Link is the same way. It's a parody or a send up of it's not parody, really. It's just like a comedic version. They're not making fun of spy movies. They're like just making it a comedic version of spy movies. If you've never seen Lancelot Link, you should check it out because I used to watch that on Nickelodeon back in the day before Nickelodeon became Nick. Um, but it reminds me of a young guy Christian a little bit, like a kid's version of young guy Christian. There's just so much to love, and I'm glad. I'm sorry Angie got bumped for the night, but you know Angie won in the end because this only lasted for the pilot, which is a I shame. mean, Angie was uh, oh. already on the chopping block. I said I think it was only on for like a season anyway, so. <laughs> oh, bummer, yeah. Now, I don't, well, I don't want to leave this show, though, without talking more extensively about how awesome the fight dance was <laughs> at the end. Dude, D- Diallo, it's the best. Diallo, what were your thoughts on the fight dance? Oh, man? I mean, it was brilliant and inspired. Like... <laughs> Right, <laughs> I, you know, and it gave, it gave me shades of, um, you know, the very end of uh, Megaforce, where yes, just like totally. how he kind of totally. like the showmanship and the hamming it up a little bit when he, gets, yeah, and it, yeah. I mean, it, you know, Megaforce was like really brief moments when he does his like ta-da kind of um, moment <laughs> when he gets on the ship, but in this instance, <sighs> it still it just had that same. Uh, level of flair and energy except it was prolonged yeah. and the like 
I don't know. It was just, it was really fun. Like him, <laughs> the spinning, the the stopping, the doing the dance moves the, <laughs> with the kicks. <laughs> like, and you don't really see anything like that in uh, in other stuff. It was like, I don't know. It was just really, it was really great. I, I, dude, I couldn't believe what I was seeing and I loved every second of it. I was like, something like this, and I'm, I'll probably say it for every single show, it's like something like this could be on air today like again yes. all three of these shows are precursors to adult swim i could see all of them being rebooted or just put out on adult swim today but that fight dance thing it's like it just like megaforce everything diallo says is so correct it's like that one moment in megaforce just drawn out but not in a bad way and it's yes it's cheesy but it's not like cringe cheesy it's it's fun cheesy you're always like like because i think it's because barry bostwick just looks so good doing it and he looks so happy doing it that you're just like you can't not feel happy watching him yeah 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 he i mean look look what he got to do through 90 percent of the episode too Mm -hmm. like you get to you know hang out with Hang out with all of our crushes, Shelly Long. <laughs> hang, hang out with Pat Morita and do fucking uh, you know fight dances and everything. It's yeah, and wear awesome clothes. You know, like he he was he was he was a smoke show in this too. It's uh, I, I, it's quite this remarkable. Isn't spoiling this isn't spoiling anything, but I do love the moment when they're in their um, the torture chamber, and he does something to help them get out, and when they do get out, because of course they do. He goes, oh, my diamond. Did you guys, what did you think about the laugh track throughout? Oh, I, I thought there was a, I <laughs> was a little to, distracting. I wanted to bring that up, and it actually has kind of ties to uh, Sledgehammer as well. Um, so, so the laugh track kind of threw me off at first Same. because – it's yeah. clearly it's not a sitcom, so clearly it's it's canned. They're putting in the canned laughter, and at first it threw me off, but then I I just kind of got used to it after a while, almost to the point where I kind of didn't hear it anymore. Yeah, but it's kind of you know looking through twenty twenty three lenses, it's kind of jarring at first. I mean, I yeah. what did you think, I like I noticed it right away, so it wasn't like it wasn't noticeable, but. I, again, maybe it maybe it's because I am a little older. I don't know, or I don't know if it's like the things that I watched when I was a kid. But it actually just instantly took me back to that time, so it didn't feel misplaced or or weird to me. I, I like again, I noticed it, but then I was like, oh, I almost felt like a comfy blanket or something. And I wouldn't right. want that. I wouldn't want that in anything today. But it was perfectly fine yeah. for that. And I, because I, I mean, I think like the Partridge Family used that, and the Partridge Family was basically. Um, it wasn't like a live studio audience show, but they had like laugh tracks and Brady Bunch and other other things like that. So I I dug it, but I definitely think that it um yeah definitely through 2023 eyes it it is a little weird but i enjoyed it yeah i i totally get that because it's it's that weird conundrum that i will never watch a new show that's like a three camera studio audience show nowadays but at the same time I couldn't imagine seinfeld without the studio audience you Mm -hmm. know so it's like i get it that it's at that that's place in time i just hadn't watched a non three camera setup uh without with a with a all right, let me rephrase i haven't watched like a non sitcom show 
with a laugh track in a long time mm-hmm. that it took me a, just a couple minutes to sort of get back acclimated back into that, you know? Yeah, there, I mean, there was... Yeah, oh, it's... Sorry, yeah, there were so many there were so many shows like that back in the day. So to me, it felt mm-hmm. normal. Like, um, yeah. it was actually kind of weird when they had a show that was a comedy that didn't have one. If I'm remembering, like, kind of feel like... A, Courtship of Eddie's father was kind of like that, where it felt like they needed a laugh track just in the time and they didn't have one. It was a little bit more drama, though. But, um, yeah, it's just kind of like that was just how they rolled back then. Yeah, it's it's I think clearly if they did this show now, they would not have the laugh track in there. And maybe even moving forward, if they maybe that was one of the things that held it back. Who knows? Who knows? Um, I, I did want to point out, too, that. The, I, I brought up the fact that the commercials are in this, the original commercials from way back in the day, and they show a clip from Welcome Back, Cotter. Yeah. It was the tail end of Welcome Back, mm-hmm. Cotter, right? Towards they, they'd already uh, lost Vinny Bomberino, and they brought on this other guy who, for the longest time, I thought it was the same guy from Married with Children and Happy Days, you know, the, the sitcom yeah. killer. Uh, what's his face from Revenge of the yeah. Nerds? Um, Ace from Love, Love Bl- Boat. Oh, Dar- Darcy from uh, Marcy Dart. Not Marcy Darcy. It was Je- Jefferson Darcy, yes. right? From uh, Jefferson. I loved him. He was gr- I love Jefferson Darcy. But well, he he typically I, I I remember people would be like, oh, if if he showed up on a show, that was when the show was on the tail end of the. Of, of its, of its, the, that was the demise. I'm sure it Ted was a McKinley. joke. But no, it was actually, it's actually true. Like he would show up at the end of the show and it would get canceled. Like he yeah, would up until yeah. uh, uh, Married with Children. That was his legacy. Well, if you look at Welcome Back, Cotter. So there's a great uh, little bumper for Welcome Back, Cotter, where, where Horshack's getting married. You, you guys have to understand he's probably like 18 in storyline <laughs> on that show. And like they're going to have a stag party for for Hor- Arnold Horshack. Uh, and I think they lost Gabe Kaplan at this yeah, point. I think um, his wife, Julie, was on the show still, but I think he yeah. left. Uh, it, and I think they brought on this guy. I think his name was Bo. Uh, his name's Stephen Shortridge. That's the actor's name. But he played Bo De La Bar. And he was the one who came on at the end. This, I mean, he looks like Ted McGinley as well. It's very like milk toast basic. It's not Vinny Bobarino. They just did not have the because I'm a huge welcome back. Up your nose with the rubber so hose. Bu- <laughs> when that when that trailer came out or the the commercial for that show, I was like, oh, I want to watch Welcome Back Cotter too with Young Guy Christian. Can I have Young Guy Christian? And welcome back, Connor, at the same time. Oh, my dreams are coming true. Well, well, that's an added bonus uh, for this YouTube video is that it has it has like a Snickers commercial. It has a Milk Mate chocolate milk commercial. I've milk never, yeah, even I never heard of it I don't it remember before. that at all. <laughs> at all. That must have been a I don't. Chicago yeah, uh, area been. exclusive. Yeah. <laughs> and what I love about that is like this little kid is like, my childhood didn't have Milk Mate, but now I do. And I'm like, you're still a kid. Was, it, yeah. was that a, a little suntan commercial great. also? Yeah, there was, there was a copper yes. tone commercial I as that well. I it was May, yeah. so it was summertime. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> of course you Anyways, agree. Young Guy Christian, I'm um, glad we all liked it. Sorry, Angie got bumped for the night. And, uh, <laughs> love grow. Now I want to watch. You better bring Angie to the to I've been thinking about now. it for a while, but we just haven't. We haven't quite gone in that direction with like sitcoms yet, but yeah, that's we we. That was my. You chance. know what, guys and gals, 
we're going to cover Angie this year, and we're going to build the entire show around Angie. So you heard it maybe here we'll first. Robert maybe we can get show. Donna Pescow on it, maybe. I mean, come on. Let's let's make it happen. Let's do it. Oh, God. I love that. I used to have that in my... Oh. I need to find that. I need Young to find that Christian. running playlist. I literally have that song in it. <laughs> and, and while we're at it, can we try to get uh, David Rash on on the show too? And maybe oh, maybe yeah. Harrison hey. Page as well. That would be uh, that'd be pretty freaking awesome. But uh, as long as he doesn't go in my dinghy. <laughs> before we leave, well, young guy Christian, let's do a. I guess I don't know if this will be a new thing or not in 2023, but uh, we'll do a thumbs up, thumbs down. Diallo, thumbs up. I don't know why I said it like that. Diallo. Diallo, thumbs up or thumbs down? Thumbs up. Two thumbs up. Two thumbs up. Zach? Two thumbs up. And three sub, three sub, three I got it. I don't know what's going on with my voice. (laughs) It is, really. Three thumbs up for me, baby. So there you go. All right. For Ace, sorry, young guy Christian. Young. For young guy Christian. Young guy Christian. (laughs) Young guy. Well, hello. And next up is Sledgehammer. Hey everybody, Corey here. I just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages. Imagine being one of the last people on Earth, being trapped alone with something not human. Something always watching. Something always waiting. What would you do? Where would you run? Where would you hide? If you were haunted for seven winters alone. Podcasting After Dark presents Seven Winters Alone, a dystopian haunted house story by David Irons. Available now in paperback and ebook. On the winter solstice, when the lasting darkness threatens to descend upon the land of Atalan once united, Magi in training, Wilt Garen, and his shepherd, warrior in training, Bredain Adair, must find an ancient lost weapon before the ultimate ancient evil returns to the world of Aeos. Hi there, I'm Adiella Jackson, writer of the First Noel's Chronicle podcast. The First Noel is an epic, family-friendly adventure told in serialized form. Think of it as Lord of the Rings meets, well, Christmas. Join us each week for the next thrilling chapter of The First Noel, now available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, and all major podcasting apps, as well as Kindle Vela if you want to take a read. Thanks, and see you in Adelan. The Winter Tell is almost here. And now, back to the show. I wanna be a sledgehammer. I ain't talking about that show. Hey, this song is not as good as Sledgehammer. It could be my testimony. Well, apparently they actually tried to get that song, but uh, Peter Gabriel uh, was charging way too much to uh, license it out. But, you know, he was, that he makes was sense. He was at that time, man. Yeah, he was. So Sledgehammer, with an exclamation point, is an American satirical police sitcom <laughs> that ran uh, two seasons on ABC uh, from September 1986 to February 1988. 
The series was created by Alan Spencer. He was a writer for uh, One Day at a Time, Mork and Mindy, and The Facts of Life. And at 26, he was the youngest creator of a television series. Sorry, I got to get the IMDb up. Oh, should I point it out what, who created uh, uh, Young Guy okay. Christian? It's okay. No. It's okay. Who gives a yeah, fuck? Okay. <laughs> the, the show stars David Rash as Sledgehammer. Uh, to this day, I mean, I, he pops up in so many different things from uh, Men in Black 3 to like, he was on Veep for a bit and everything. Every time I see him, and, and Zach, you can elaborate more on where you've seen him before, he's always Sledgehammer to me. Secession. If you're watching Secession right now, he is fantastic on that show. Okay. And if you're not watching it, you should. It's so good, and he's so funny. And your boy Fisher Stevens is on it as well. Oh, okay. Well, maybe I maybe I gotta start watching Secession. Um, his partner uh, Dory uh, Dory Doria is played by Anne Marie Martin. Um, I don't personally know her from too much. She was in Prom Night, 1980, which I have seen. Did not love, um, don't remember her in it at all, but apparently she wrote the movie Twister. She wrote the movie Twister? Yes, she wrote the movie Twister. Look, guys, I wrote the movie Twister. <laughs> Come on. She was also in Runaway, and she was the hooker at the bar in Runaway, dude. <laughs> yeah, she, she's great in Runaway, actually. She's like, if you just, just come on, if you just give me that thing. And I forget what she says at first. Like, she's like, come on, I could, I could just really turn you on or something. And then Tom Selleck says something to her to, like, like get the fuck out of out here. And she goes, you wiener head. <laughs> I'll never forget wiener head. Of it's a great, wiener Like, the head. worst comeback line, but so classic. She was, oh, my uh, God. She was married to Michael Crichton, actually. Ah, yeah. okay. Oh, so maybe Michael Crichton wrote Twister. <laughs> he was like, wow. Eraser? Wow. Eraser? <laughs> oh, my God. And then, I can erase his name. And then Harrison Page played Captain Trunk. Uh, you've seen him in everything from Lionheart, Quantum Lionheart, Leap. Lionheart, baby! Dude, is that, is that where you know him from, Zach? Hell <laughs> yeah, dude. I met that guy. We met that guy. We met him at the Lionheart oh, Blu-ray screen. that's right. We did. That's right. Oh my God, man, that that was lifetimes ago. Um, he was also, dark delicacies in Burbank. Yep, he was also on Columbo, please, uh, Melrose Place, Sister Sister, Profiler. I mean, this dude's been fucking working for for a long time. He has almost a almost a hundred uh, credits under his belt. Um, a few little factoids about Sledgehammer, uh, kind of coinciding with uh, with with uh, young guy Christian. So the first three, ep- the first thirteen episodes had had a canned laugh track. Um, ABC gave in to Alan Spencer's request to remove it with episode fourteen and on. Uh, the DVDs that were released uh, do not have the laugh track on them, and neither do any of the YouTube videos that I watch. So they must have taken them from the D. They must have ripped them from the DVD. So I didn't Thank hear God. any laugh track. Did either of you guys hear a laugh track on the first episode? I don't recall hearing any. No. No. Okay. So no. yes. And they, thank God we didn't. 
because that would have that would have really I don't even remember it as having a laugh track actually when I watched it back in you know ancient times so right yeah I don't either (laughs) um at one point the gun prop was stolen and used in an actual robbery uh the first (laughs) the first season was filmed on 35 millimeter but the second season was filmed on 16 millimeter to cut back on the budget uh because I think this show was kind of on life support from the get-go um, New Line approached Alan Spencer to make a Sledgehammer movie, um, but he passed on it for various reasons, and that idea became Loaded Weapon. And finally, uh, the, cre- the creators of Police Squad kind of had a little bit of a competition with Sledgehammer, and because of it, we got Naked Gun. That was the com- basically they the creators of Police Squad put out Naked Gun as an answer to Sledgehammer and as a combination of Sledgehammer meets Get Smart. So I think, you know, Hmm, most people nowadays probably remember, obviously remember Naked Gun the most. Um, And I'd say probably most people on the street would remember Police Squad and Sledgehammer probably the same. And by that, I mean probably not at all, (laughs) you know. So I think Naked Gun kind of won, won out in the long run. And me personally... This show has lived rent-free in my head since I was, let's see, it came out in 86, so I was probably about 8 years old, between 8 and 10 years old. I have remembered this show fondly and have not seen a single episode like since but as a kid i would talk about this show with my buddy luke we would talk about when he catches the bullet with his his teeth that one episode um it was just so much good shit and so like when i watched two episodes this time i watched the pilot and then i think i watched the second episode or the third i just kind of picked a random one because i want to see how it sort of flowed to me honestly seems like they nailed the how like they nailed everything in the pilot. Like, it didn't seem like much actually changed going forward. But I had so much fun watching this show that I bought the, the fucking complete series DVD right after I watched the pilot episode. I think the humor is tight as hell. I think it's on point. I think it works in 2023. It's it's. It's in areas it's misogynistic, but on purpose. Everything is satirical. It's it's and it nails it. I feel like it nails the humor so right. It walks the line between reality and fantasy. Like so, if you want a barometer, one end of the the spectrum is Naked Gun, completely unrealistic. Other other end of the spectrum is reality, right? This is somewhere in the middle. It's a little bit weird, like Naked Gun, but it still sort of follows some rules of reality and my god t to b both episodes that i watched were so much fun freaking hilarious the 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 ongoing gag of him talking to his gun and then everyone's like who are you talking to and he's like nobody no nobody Nobody. you know i I, I loved it there were so many great lines uh so he's like you want to pick on somebody your own size why don't you punch yourself in the face the guy starts beating himself up and he's like all right i'm we're we're, we're done here just just finish yourself off we're running out of time (laughs) <laughs> so good so good uh diallo diallo what did you what did you think of sledgehammer and do you have any did you have any previous experience with it yeah i mean i watched it when it originally i actually remember watching the pilot um back in the day i was at my aunt's house and uh watching it i you know loved it from the get-go and uh I think I probably i only really remember watching it for like the first year maybe though um um, like you said, I do th- I do kind of recall how it was 
um, all in danger for getting canceled, like, out of the gate. I was actually surprised it lasted longer than a season when I was, like, reading about it. Um, but, yeah. Same. Me, too. Yeah. I mean, I loved, I loved it. Yeah. The, 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 you know, I, did, I didn't, at the time when it was on, I didn't understand the idea or the concept quite of what satire was. But I, that's definitely what I was responding to. Um, but, I, you know, I, uh, for years, whenever Sledgehammer came up, I just immediately would say, trust me. I know what I'm doing. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. So that's, uh, and I actually have, I have something to say. When we get to Heat Vision and Jack, I do have something to say about the depiction, like the, like, sort of like the misogyny um, that we see in um, Sledgehammer and also a little bit tied into um, uh, Young Guy, Young Guy Christian. Um, Young guy, yeah. Christian. Young guy, yeah, Christian. Yeah. No. <laughs> but it uh, de- it definitely like it's. I mean, it was purposeful um, the way that they do it, and it's like it's like in order to show you that it's not the right way to be, they have to show you them doing the wrong thing so they can show you that that's not yeah. the right way to be. So like sometimes people get triggered because they see this depiction and they're like, oh my god, it's. It's, uh, you know, it's showing you misogyny, but it's like it's actually showing you the misogyny so that you know not to be that way. And then they it's the way they portray the character and the situation and showing the woman how she steps up. It's like obviously the message is don't be a jackhole to women. Don't be yes. sledgehammer. Yeah. I don't think we're supposed to want to be the protagonist of this show. He's he he is the cautionary tale. Yeah, he's like a he's like a. A comedic, satirical version of Robocop in, in some ways. Just the way yeah. he's like, he's like a machine and he's extreme. And like he, he, he follows the law like a robot, like sometimes. It's just like. And, and yet he's fully human, but he's probably less human than Robocop. Yeah, is. yeah, exactly. So, yeah, love, <laughs> love Sledgehammer. Glad we're finally doing the show. And, uh, yeah, it definitely could be like like you said with the other. It could, it could be a movie. They could easily do a movie now, and uh, it would be it would be well received. I think so. Yeah, I I, I agree. Uh, Zach, what what uh, experience with Sledgehammer, and what do you thought you think of it now? I watched maybe a handful of episodes as a kid when this came out, and didn't get it or wasn't wanting that at the time. I think I liked my action serious and that was it. I didn't like my comedy with my action. So at the time I didn't feel it, but my God, now I crave it. I love it. It's the best thing. It, it is such a, it, it, it aged so well. It ages so well. It's so funny. The, like, like you said, Diallo, the misogyny, it's so, uh sarcastic and and so like purposeful to make him look like a buffoon and it works so damn well this show is hilarious from the beginning to the end i mean Corey, you talked about some of the lines in this show like uh, his line when he says i get my information from rumors and small children <laughs> I, I, I wrote the whole thing down he goes i get my i love that someone said that one of the guys names is avon he goes avon, avon? Ding dong. <laughs> yeah, the, the or the jokes fiery come... revolutionary named Felice Navidad. Yeah, oh, Felice Navidad. 
killed me. I was, it's so good. Oh I, know, I was like, that was. I was like, that was genius. The, the jokes come very fast. It's kind of like Naked Gun, where it's like it's just yes. rapid fire. But I I like this better than Naked Gun because there's a little bit more room to breathe in Sledgehammer. I think mm-hmm. I like this more than Naked Gun because and I and and that genre because I feel like the Zucker brothers who did the uh, I don't think they did Naked Gun, but they did like the airplane, airplane movies, yeah. right? And Top Secret. Um, there's a formula to that where it's, it, it, it's like joke after joke, but then it's over the top, you know, like the body condoms and naked gun or, you know, like, like it's the absurd. It turns into the absurd. I don't dislike that humor. I think it's really funny, but I like this where it's still rooted in reality. You know, for example, like stupid shit where he throws an airplane at his boss's <laughs> hair and it gets oh stuck in his God. afro and then he has it the whole oh episode. The rest of the episode so- <laughs> is walking around. I was like, no, no. <laughs> but no one, no one wants to tell him, you know, so like shit like that. But I, I, I'm, I'm, I have so much to say about this show. Um, yeah. The fact that uh, the guest stars on this show run the gamut genre wise for all of our listeners that love the stuff that we love. I'm just going to list some of the character actors that appeared on this show throughout its season, two seasons. First of all, Judy Aronson is in the first episode. She's the, uh, she's the kidnapped girl, but she's from Friday the 13th. Oh. She's from American Ninja. She's from Weird Science. Is she, is she the one that gets shot in the eye with the, the bow and arrow in Friday the 13th? She's Think the parts? one naked in the... She's the one naked in the uh, raft. Ah, the raft. Gets, yep, the raft one. Right. Um, who's very active on Instagram, by the way, but she's an American Ninja and, and Weird Science, of course. Um, Mary Warnov was on an episode. Ray Walston. Richard Mull. Um, Frank Doubleday. I'm going to run off a few more for you because they get there's it runs again. It runs the gamut of like Brian James, um, David Leisure, who was like on fire at that time. Like there's so many great character actors that have appeared on this show. And then behind the scenes, the director of this pilot. Well, first of all, uh, Bill Bixby directed eight episodes of this show. No shit. Bill Bixby, of course. Yeah, Bill Bixby. Of, he was actually a very prolific uh, television director. Oh. But, you know, people know him mostly from The Incredible Hulk, right? But uh, Martha Coolidge directed the pilot of this show. Martha Coolidge is the director of Real Genius and Valley Girl and a very underrated uh teen like high school thriller comedy called plain clothes that came out in the 80s as well uh so that that's just a handful also jackie cooper who is uh you know known for uh well jackie cooper played perry white in all the superman movies but i think he was also a he was also one of the little uh, rascals little rascal yeah but he directed the majority of uh, oh no sorry he he directed four episodes of the show um so you know this has got in front of the camera, behind the camera, a lot of great stuff. By the way, the mayor's wife in this episode, she was the mother of uh, Mitch in Real Genius. The you know, in the beginning of the movie, she's she's in there. That's, That's probably little... the Martha Coolidge connection, then, right? Yeah, yeah. I, and then you said this show came out in 1986. Well, the hotel room that they go to in this is room 86, which I thought was kind of funny. Um, yeah, it's like one thing after another. Again, I think this show, what makes it work in, cause 
I, uh, like I said, I like the Naked Gun movies, the airplane movies. I don't think they age as well as this. Yeah. Because I don't think this goes to that parody stuff. Yeah. It's just funny. And a lot of times you know, that parody, a lot of times they'll use very current references to parody. Uh, it's yes. in, in Naked Gun, I think that's where it sort of gets lost. Austin Powers is another yeah. one that uh, does it. Yeah. Which is, again, I love I Austin Powers. I did notice still. in this one and in... Um, Young guy Christian. How do you guys say it? Young guy Christian. <laughs> oh. I did notice they did make two pop culture references of their time um, that made me feel old because I got them without <laughs> even having to be like, I don't get that. I had to remember. It was like, it felt very current to me. <laughs> it's, it spoke to your soul. Yeah, and you're like, yeah. I understand like that. Would, uh, and young guy, young guy, Christian, when they guy. said, uh, he uh-huh. was like, uh, we're going to listen to the radio waves in your head. And I, I can't hear you because Wolfman Jack is talking. And I, <laughs> yeah, I was Wolfman like, Jack. oh, wait, Wolfman Jack, that's really old. Oh, my God, I'm old. And then uh, if you guys don't know Wolfman Jack, that, that he's an icon. Yeah, he was an icon. And then um, in, in uh, Sledgehammer, he said some uh, the the captain said something like uh, you know I don't care if you're Piazzadora blah 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 and I yes I, I I was like oh yeah man like damn that's a <laughs> by the way Piazzadora apparently is still yeah, performing in I, Vegas I, fo- I follow which is her crazy on Instagram so. <laughs> uh, and I also I want to shout out David Rash one more time so. When David Rash, when I first saw him, he was in Cobra. He was the photographer of Brigitte Nielsen okay. that gets knifed in the, uh, you know, there's that great opening scene where uh, where David Rash is taking pictures of Brigitte Nielsen. And they're playing Angel of the City. Angel of the City, right, by Robert Tepper, which is a great jam, by the way, if you guys don't know that song. Robert Tepper did No Easy Way Out from Rocky there's Floor. There's No Easy there's way, no way Out. Angel of the City rivals that by the way it's a really great track but uh david rash is in cobra and i'm like oh he's really cool and he gets killed (laughs) and then i see him maybe a year later because i think cobra came out in like 85 or something or maybe around the same time and then sledgehammer comes out i'm like oh is he gonna be like a cool guy because he had like a he looked like he could be a cool guy but he's about but he's a buffoon in this (laughs) but he's a buffoon (laughs) now at 46 where when I was younger, I wanted to be so cool, so bad. And now at 46, I recognize that I'm not cool, you know, but even though I try to be <laughs> like, I'm the, I can be parody now. I can make fun of myself where I was not making fun of myself in my early years. And I was, cause I took myself too seriously, I guess. Uh, now I look at that and I'm like, that is gold. I would do that in a heartbeat. <laughs> And so I'm, I'm just scrolling through his IMDb. Uh, speaking of obscure TV shows that I've never heard of, he was in an episode of the 13-episode season, 1985, Gina Davis, Sarah? Yes. Anyone? Zach, yes. Diallo, Wait, have you ever heard of this fucking yeah, show? Yeah, I have. Yes. It, it was like that was her first big starring show, right? It yeah. was. Bill I, Maher I was post. was in it, and uh, Alfie Woodard uh, was in it as well. Alfie yep. Woodard. It was. Yeah, when I when I did my two dollar late fee birthday post back in the day, and would pull super obscure shit. I remember giving a shout out to that, and people were like, "Whoa, what yeah, is that this? was." I mean, it was wow. Bill Maher before it was he a was big deal when it came out. I remember watching it. 
actually. Well, the, the, put 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 add this one to the TV obscure <laughs> list because we may have to to tackle that one. So yeah, man. Uh, man, Sledgehammer, so good. I, I don't want to say so good. I don't want to say it was the best of the bunch because that's not fair. It has forty episodes, you know, uh, more than the other two. Um, but man, oh man, all I can say is, guys and gals, if you think you remember this show fondly just go buy the complete series dvd because it's better than you remember two thumbs up for me uh diala what are your uh thumb up or thumb down two thumbs up two thumbs up woo zach well i get to now say threesome thumbs up (laughs) Um, and i also want to point out really quickly that you know if 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 we we can easily say because these came out in three different decades the best 70s one is Young Guy yep. Christian. The best 80s one is Sledgehammer. And the best 90s one is Heat, Vision, and Jack. Exactly. So there you go. Couldn't have said it better myself. So really quick, do you guys remember the uh, sitcom where they were like working at a like a bar? It was all these women. Uh, Diallo, you got to know this. It was like a late night, like uh, like a like a lounge a yeah. kind of thing. They were uh, all waitress, it, it's waitresses. It's a living. They were, yeah. Yeah, it's I can living. sing the theme song too. Yeah. If you want me to, what year was that? Because I recognize the name, the title. It was like what it was, was like mid '80s. It was in syndication. I used to come on Saturdays on, uh, um, actually uh, around the time that Learning the Ropes, uh, which we did on, um, ah, yeah, yeah, at least in at least in the Bay Area. And uh, what's her name was on it, and the second season um, uh, that is on that Park Ele- that elementary show Cheryl Lee Ralph. Ralph. Yeah, Shirley Ralph was on it I think in the second season Jillian Mike Merv and Jillian yeah she was and Jillian Crystal, yeah, Crystal Bernard yeah they were she and Jillian was like in starring in it the first season I think it was like a pretty big pretty big deal and um yeah uh Corey you'll love it because Burt Remsen was in it right from Terror Vision Grandpa? Oh yeah, dude. Grandpa oh, whoa, whoa. from Terrorvision. <laughs> oh yeah. I was I was looking up the IMDb to see if I recognized any of it now. Wendy Shaw is in it. Oh. And Earl Bowen, rest in peace. No, nothing. Anyways, wow, sorry. Nothing. I had to bring that up. How did we get nothing to how did we get to It's a Living though? How do we get to It's a Living? We got so when you brought up Sarah, it made me think of It's a Living oh, for some okay. reason. Okay. I don't know why. Yeah. I mean, throw that one on the list as well, guys. <laughs> it's uh, you know, and by the way, guys and gals out there listening, if you ever have a suggestion for uh, TV Obscura, feel free to throw it out out there. You know, as you all know, listening, we run the gamut from mainstream me to uh, '70s obscure Diallo and '80s obscure uh, Zach. So, I, I say '79 to '90. Two. That's my that's my range. <laughs> anyway, speaking of nineties, yeah. can we talk about Heat Vision and Jack? Fuck, Come on, fuck yeah, Diallo, dude. bring the fire! Yeah. Hey everybody, Corey here. I just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages. Hey everybody, I'm Tim, and I'm Dean, and we're the hosts of Talking Back. We're a retro-based podcast covering movies, comics, video games, and more. Check us out every Monday where we hit the rewind button and dig into some of our favorite content from the past. We like to keep things fun, lighthearted, and informative. Do you feel like you need more nostalgia in your life? Then check out Talking Back. We're available everywhere podcasts are found. 
And now, back to the show. <laughs> Woo! Wow. Yeah, dude. Wow. Uh, I have to give a little story about this before we, I get into the actual Please show. Please do. Because how did I not know yeah, about this, like, by the I, way? Yeah, like, I had never heard of it or whatever. Um, and I, I literally stumbled across it, like, 21 years ago. Um, and it, we'll call my piracy phase. <laughs> yeah. Phase? You know, like... <laughs> I mean, I'm maybe it wasn't even like LimeWire. I think it was like Napster still then. It might have been LimeWire, but like wow. it was getting like it was like discovering you could like download videos. And so I was really I had really gotten into uh, the K-pop. And so I was finding mm-hmm. a lot of like K-pop videos and songs. And I don't know how I ended up with this file, but I downloaded it and I watched it. It was like 2002, and I was like, what glorious thing is this? <laughs> it was so amazing. So in between watching S Club 7 movies that I downloaded and Korean pop videos that I downloaded, I was watching Heat Vision and Jack. And <laughs> over and over and over, over again, yeah, it was only one episode. episode. <laughs> I, I literally watched it over and over again to the point where, and I would like, I would like, Anybody that I that was around me, I would tell them about the show, and I would like have them watch it too. And I had like a little circle of people that we would just like we would quote it all the time and and just like watch it over and over again. I mean, it was just absolutely hysterically amazing. And I haven't really watched it much like since then. I haven't watched it at all since then. So watching it again now just brought back all the feels and it just remember i just it's reminding me how brilliant this thing was <laughs> brilliant so let's talk about it um heat vision jack was a uh actually a tv pilot um that appeared on fox in january 1999 um fox did not pick it up and so i don't even I'm not even really sure that it actually aired (laughs) or not. Um, And just because of the nature of me finding it on the web, I'm not really sure if it actually, you know, uh, actually appeared on TV. Um, But it was um, directed by uh, a little guy. You might have heard of him. His name's Ben Stiller. Um, And uh, it stars another guy that you might not have heard of. He was uh, in this movie called Waterworld. His name is Jack. His name's Jack Black. <laughs> was he in Waterworld? Yeah, he was in Waterworld. Yeah. He was. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, God. Look up that his was early probably, shit. That it's was probably wild. Like, the, like if we're being honest, it's the peak of his career. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. He was in some great stuff yeah. back then. Um. He's in the sequence where he's like uh, the uh, the airplane. He's the airplane pilot, the, the seaplane pilot in this one sequence okay. in, the, in the movie. Owen Wilson, that is is Heat Vision. Um, actually, Jack Black <laughs> plays uh, Jack Austin, who is an astronaut, a former astronaut. Um, uh, those are like the two main stars, and then also well, we have to we do have to say though the real quick. What what is Heat Vision though, Diallo? Oh. What what is Heat Vision's job? What is yeah? He? So Heat Vision is a motorcycle. <laughs> there you go. So Owen Owen Wilson does the voice of of Heat Vision. Um, so basically, like the premise of the show is that um, Heat Vision or Heat Vision and Jack is Jack Black was an astronaut 
who flew too close to the sun. He received inappropriate <laughs> amounts of <laughs> inappropriate. <Yeah. laughs> he got inappropriate amount of solar energy, which caused his mind to expand because <laughs> the human brain can expand when it's heated up. Um, he comes back to Earth and then NASA wants to uh, wants to dissect his brain. So he escapes. And when he escapes NASA, his roommate, Doug, <laughs> these are all flashbacks, <laughs> really quick flashbacks. But his roommate, Doug, he calls his roommate, Doug, to pick him up. His roommate, Doug, is on his motorcycle and gets zapped by this ray and he merges with the motorcycle. And on that day, Doug died and Heat Vision was born. And, <laughs> and it gets even better because who shot him? To turn him into heat This vision. is one of the most brilliant pieces <laughs> brilliant. of the entire thing. Is that the late, now late, great Ron Silver, the actor. Time Cop. Time Cop. Who was referenced in this movie. <laughs> as, 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 as Time Cop. As it should be. Is the one that is pursuing Heat Vision and Jack. He is known to be... <laughs> An actor in the show. He's playing Ron Silver. <laughs> played himself. He's playing himself. He's the actor Ron Silver, but he also is a, a part of NASA, and he's seeking out these two to destroy them or capture them. And, and he might have superpowers. Like, he's in, he's a NASA assassin. He's a super-powered NASA assassin. It's, he's a nascent. This is Nassassin. genius. This is this is genius. Yeah, this, it's all it's all fucking this genius. This show is next level. Like it's brilliant. It's it's it does so. And so I and I never really understood. I never really knew about the pedigree of the show, other than obviously, other than um, uh, Ben, ben Stiller. Stiller. I kept wanting to say Ben Silver. Um, other than Ben Stiller and obviously and, and Owen Wilson, but um, as it turns out, the uh, screen or the uh, teleplay was it was created by uh, Ron Schrab, who uh, wrote Monster House, uh, comic book Scud, The Disposable Assassin. Oh yeah, um, I remember that. And his writing partner, a guy named Dan Harmon, who um, holy shit, yes, yeah. So when I saw that, I understood what it why this show the the level of comedy brilliance that this show has i understood why it had that it just when i watched it back in the day it was just it was just really funny and really brilliant and just but i when i saw dan Harmon was involved with it i understood that that level of uh pedigree it had so yeah and i and i guess the story about this is is that um, the two of them were, um, and this I, I pulled this from Wikipedia, um, but the two of them um, were getting some run in Hollywood, and so they wanted to, um, they got a deal with ABC, um, and they wanted to get out of the deal, so they decided to write what would to them would be the greatest TV show, or their favorite TV show ever, which was... Uh, Heat Vision and Jack, because <laughs> they wanted to write something so great yet so awful, I think that they would get let go. And ABC turned it down, and it found its way to Ben Stiller. 
Um, and the rest is history, literally, because no one ever saw it, and <laughs> and it's been in the uh, in the dungeon of the vaults ever since. Um, what a goddamn shame! Yeah. So it also stars uh, Ben Stiller's. I think it's his ex-wife now, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I think they got a divorce. Yeah, yeah. I think they're. But they, you know, now. I oh, listen. Really? I listen to oh, a lot of gossip to talk to, so blind items. So. Um, so I think they might be a, they might be back shame. together again. I'm not sure. Oh, good. That's good. This one uh, TikToker that uh, I love to talk. She talks about that stuff. Um, uh, if, and of course, we're talking about yeah, Christine Taylor. Taylor from the Brady Bunch movies. I think that would probably be her most notable, um, uh, her most notable pick. Um, and then also Vincent um, Chiavelli. Is that how you say his last name? Yeah. Schiavelli. Schiavelli. Yeah, we've seen him in a billion things. Great character actor. Um, He was always, he's he's a great guy. You've seen him in a gazillion stuff, but if you want to, one always kind of pops in my head is uh, he was, I think he was one of the goons, one of Penguin's goons in Batman Returns, Mm, one of the clown goons. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was, but he was, uh, you know, the the science teacher in Fast Times at Ridgemont High, and he was in um, Ghost. As well. Yeah, that's yep. right. The, yeah, the... he's like he's one of those guys. Like he's been in so many things. You're just like I can't like really like nail down what it was that I saw him in. Right? He's just like a, a yeah a, classic yeah, character, a great actor. character actor. Oh, Buckaroo Banzai too. By the way, oh, what did he play in that? Uh, John O'Connor. I think he's one. I think he's one of the oh, okay. aliens. That makes sense. Yeah, I think. Yeah. I think. I'm not positive. I, I love that movie. It's Big Bootay. So just real quick, uh, so the the you know the Jack and and uh, Heat Vision are on the run, and the deal is is that uh, Jack's he he becomes the most the smartest person alive, but only when he's exposed to the sunlight. So when the sun goes down, he doesn't become dumb, but because he was an astronaut before, but like. He like he's three times smarter than the smartest person in uh, when the sun is up, and so that's kind of the story. Like, kind of revolves around that too, a little bit like the Hulk and that kind of deal. Um, so I, it, you know, this show for me, it's like, especially watching it now, I'm like, this is sort of like, it does the greatest things about shows from the like the. 70s and 80s and like the some of the shows from the 90s but it does it in a in a context for that time um so it's like the best of both worlds in that way so it's like you know the hulk um there's a show that i i at some point i want to do called luke on the wolf boy um where all these things where like these people are kind of on the run they have these these superpowers that get activated in a certain a certain moment, uh, and uh, getting chased by you know Ron, uh, by Silver, and so it just it's just a great it's a great show, super brilliant. Um, a couple things I want to say after you guys talk about it, um, but uh, Corey, what are your thoughts? Well, my thought is at the very first, I loved that intro by Ben Stiller. And guys and gals, I'm going to extract it from the YouTube video and play it right here. Uh, Hello, America. I'm Ben Stiller. In 1992, I had a show here on Fox. They ridiculed me for my effort. I was canceled. Then, 
I won this. It's called an Emmy. Let's change cameras. Now, having returned to television a wealthy and powerful man, I've directed an incredible new action series called Heat Vision and Jack. In it, we follow the adventures of a super intelligent renegade astronaut and his talking motorcycle. Some of you will marvel at our state-of-the-art special computerized effects, which, quite frankly, rival those of a certain new Star Wars movie. Some of you will be frightened or aroused. Still others may be entertained. As a person you admire, I'm giving you permission to appreciate this show. I'm also offering you my personal guarantee that it's gonna knock you back onto your coal mining asses. And that's a promise you won't be hearing from Georgie Lucas. Hey there, Mr. Beard. How many Emmys do you have? Once again, America, I give you what you want. Dude, fucking genius. That that intro by Ben Stiller was a fucking stroke of genius. I loved how he throws shade at George, George Lucas because it's 1999 yeah. for Phantom Menace and everything. It was it was great. So two strokes of geniuses in the, besides the whole entire show, besides the concept, fantastic. Everything T to B, fantastic. But the Ben Stiller opening, fucking hilarious. And then Ron Silver as Ron Silver, the the NASA assassin amazing the corner when they go when he goes you know when they finally meets up for the first time with the uh sort of the corner and the um the the sheriff i love how the corner's like i just rented time cop yeah. you were a bad guy in time cop <laughs> he's so excited and then ron silver's like talking to the cop and everything and the corner's like well can i get a can i get an autograph and ron silver's like yeah yeah sure yeah just get just get a pen and the guy's like i I don't have a pen. <laughs> that was it. That's how it sort of ends. And I felt bad for the corner. It was it was fantastic. Ron, yeah. Ron Silver's like, hey, why don't you get a pen? <laughs> like after he says, I don't have a pen. Like like he's being bothered by this guy. It was great. It's great. Oh, man. It's great. So good. Ron Silver. Ron Silver's great in it. Um, you know, Jack Black, Owen Wilson, like everything is just just fantastic. But this is probably the most adult swimmy show that we, of the three but yeah. zach you mentioned it it's interesting how you know we are covering three separate uh decades and i think it all goes in a straight line to adult swim and, and all the yes. live action shows that they put out and everything all of these shows had to come before it you know young guy christian had to come at when it came and someone had to see it i know people someone saw it that was creative and it led to something else and sledgehammer had to come and then jack and heat vision had to come as well it's like it all had to <laughs> they all had to come but uh in order to make <laughs> adult swim <laughs> but you can see it you can you can see it it's all because Zach was laughing at me saying come five times in a row. I'm always working. I know. I'm always, <laughs> I know, buddy. But yeah. I'm working it hard. It was great seeing this. And, you know, I didn't know when I was watching it that Dan, Har Dan Harmon, you know, co-wrote it. But now that you said that, I was like, it all fucking makes sense. And uh, just like with uh, young, young guy, Christian, uh -huh. <laughs> I would love to see this go to series at least at least give us 13 episodes. You know what I mean? Like at the very least, I would have loved to have had 13 episodes of this. I, I, I can't, I can't, all three of these shows, I just praise so highly. They were absolutely fantastic. Uh, Zach, what'd you, what'd you think of this one? Well, it's an interesting time that this show came out because it came out, I think after cable guy, which I, yeah. I to this day think is a very underrated comedy. Yeah. 
uh, and Ben Stiller directed that, and Jack Black was in that. I don't think Owen Wilson had amassed the kind of popularity yet as well. I think he had only done like it Bottle Rocket. It was two Rocket, years shy was... of... Um, of uh, Meet the no, Parents? No. Fuck, why is my brain blanking out? Um, Zoolander. So Zoolander came out in 2001, okay. and this was in 99. So it was two years before. I think okay. that's, to me, that's when Owen Wilson like really popped, like in terms of like Yeah. I, I feel like he had like a, the cameo and meet the parents and then was, yeah, came on Zoolander. And then Jack Black hadn't hit a big, I think he was still kind of underground doing, you know, bit parts here and there. He was, it, he was heavily into Tenacious D mm-hmm. at the time, I think. And High Fidelity hadn't come out yet either. So he hadn't hit that kind of popularity as well. So they were still kind of under the radar, but I mean, from the onset the little homage to buck rogers in the beginning with the cameo of the vampire from buck with the cameo from buck rogers of the vampire which is my favorite buck rogers episode by the way and it's still to this day terrifying yeah yeah it's still trust me diallo i watched it fairly recently it still holds up it's scary as shit if you guys have never seen the buck rogers vampire episode Go watch that because it's so good. Is, is it's, Buck Rogers available on DVD? Like, is it out there? Or it is. is it streaming on anywhere? DVD. Kino, Kino put out a yeah, it's that. A, okay. it, it, The streaming is shoddy, I think. It might be like on Tubby or whatever it's called now. Tubi, Tubi yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, definitely seek out that that episode. Uh, if, in my opinion, that's my. We should do a Buck Rogers one where our, our favorite Buck Rogers episodes. I don't. I'm I down don't, for that. I, do, yeah. I have I have multiple episodes. So do I, dude. I love Hawk in that too, but 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 yeah, we'll we'll get to it. Bitty bitty we'll bitty bitty. Anyways, um, I mean the Doctor Who reference, the Doctor yes, Who I, reference I they down. have yeah, I in wrote there, that down, yeah. it, like I, that blew me away. For that um, time, my, that was probably, a deep cut too. Like yeah, because that, that was, was super that was before deep cut. the revival, so it was definitely yeah. a, a canceled, long forgotten show at that point. Right, and you know this will never see the light of day because there's so much music licensing that probably needs. Well, that to take was what place. I the, wanted the, to my, talk about, actually. My last note on this was too much licensed music to exist. <laughs> like that was yes. it. Yeah, my, I, I will just I'll wrap my my thoughts up with by saying that my favorite song from the '90s is in this movie. Oh my god! And it's the best part of that song <laughs> from the '90s, <laughs> and they play it on repeat <laughs> until <laughs> Jack. Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. It is phenomenal. Well, this show is so ahead of its time. I think it is my favorite song from the wow. '90s. Maybe well, I could be wrong. I also I also loved Ben Stiller as the uh, as the daytime strip club yeah, DJ. Uh, no way! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, fun fa- fun fact: I my second trip to no my first trip to a strip club was when I was 18 years old. It it was in 1994. It was the the day. It was in the day. It's a daytime. Oofa, the oofa, the, oofa. the, the, the Kit Kat Club in San Jose, California. Uh, it was the day that O.J. Simpson decided. <laughs> yeah, I know you have. The, it was the day O.J. Simpson decided to drive his white oh. Bronco down the highway, the freeway. So at one point, the dancers stopped dancing because all the monitors have the 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 juice driving down the road, and I'm putting my tip dollars on the counter, and I'm like, 
But they're not dancing. You should be dancing. Don't pay attention to the TV. Oh, my birthday's ruined. <laughs> Thanks, OJ. <laughs> Thanks, OJ, for ruining my birthday. <laughs> oh, and murdering a bunch of people. But sure. Hard, you know, Allegedly. Anyways. I'll... Allegedly. <laughs> don't. Hey, it's topical. Don't it's the 90s. Don't Come on, the 90s. Don't want to get us in legal trouble. He allegedly. <laughs> no. People. I'll just wrap up my thoughts by saying uh, I love this show and uh, yeah, I'm out. <laughs> uh, Diallo, did you want to elaborate further on the the music stuff in it? Yeah, but first let me elaborate on the Kit Kat Club. I actually remember I haven't thought about that place so far. I she's running Dude, out. Yeah, we, yeah, like we actually I remember like when I was working at Yahoo way back in the day, like a bunch of us like guys and girls, we went there like. We all like. I feel like people. And then we talked about people going there for like lunch, and then like at night we yeah, went go there yeah. for lunch. And then dude. I remember I was dating someone <laughs> yeah. at the time, and she got all jealous because one of the dancers looked definitely was like checking me out. <laughs> I mean, they. She, but she got mad at me. Like I was just there, just existing. But come on, you're just Anyways. there. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, so <laughs> the music, let's talk about the music because the, the soundtrack was actually a total banger. Um, so it oh, starts. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Starts off with "Situation" by Tom Jones. You know, awesome. I didn't know that was that. I didn't know that was Tom Jones. Yeah, by the so, way. Uh, "Situation" by Tom Jones. Um, and then the semi charmed life, a third eye blind. That's your yep. your, <laughs> your favorite <laughs> song from the nineties. I think it's one of my. It's in my top five. Um, sure. If I only <laughs> if I only knew another song by Time Tom Jones. Uh, first starter by the Prodigy. No fire fire starter. I'm sorry. Fire. Um, Kickstart my yeah. fire starter. Yeah, and I recognize that one because I think Fucking it was on banger. Wipeout or whatever the video game. Uh-huh. So I know, I know that song like the back of my Come hand. Come play yeah. with me. King Nothing yeah. by Metallica. Yes, yeah, recognize that. Um, yeah. This yeah, one was interesting. This was during the fight scene. <laughs> this is uh, this was was interesting. Come with me um, by P Diddy and Jimmy Page, which is from the uh, uh, it Led Z- Godzilla. Yeah, Led- yeah, it was from the Godzilla soundtrack, but it uses the Led Zeppelin <laughs> song. Yeah. Um, Long cool woman in a black dress by the Hollies. Um, <laughs> this Corey, you'll love this one. Demon Warriors Final Combat. Um, this is from uh, by George Clinton. Um, it, this was from the Mortal Kombat soundtrack. I, dude, I recognize it as Mortal Kombat. I'm sitting there listening. And I'm like, <laughs> is this fucking Mortal Kombat? Is this from the Mortal Kombat soundtrack? And yes, yes, it is. My yeah, God. Yeah, it, I, and then um, and uh, don't die just yet by uh, David Holmes. And so, and Sergey, yeah, Sergey, Sergey, yeah, Sergey shout yeah, out Games to Sergey. Bro. So yeah, it, like the music. I actually wrote in my notes was music exclamation point because uh, it was it was done in. How do I say it? It was like it was almost like the comedy parody version of like Miami Vice when it came to the music, where like the music actually helped yeah. elevate the entire affair. And it, it had like it had really good pieces of music. It wasn't just, um, you know, I mean, like uh, what do you call it? Third Eye Blind. I, I mean, it's one of the best songs from the '90s. How, how did you get this? How did you get this in here? You know. <laughs> 
You're making I, I fun of bit. me. It's a great I mean, song. It's fine. I mean, I'm not, I, I can't. I, that was given, I, then it bumped I again, then it bumped again. I can't judge. I mean, you know, like Celine Dion's. You dated favorites, Charlize so. Theron. Is that one better than Woohoo? The one from uh, the Starship <laughs> Troopers uh, uh, trailer? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it is. So, so would Diallo, did you say. Did this, blur. Did, That's blur. That was blur, yeah. Did you say, did this ever air? Did this actually air or not? You know, again, I don't really know that it did. I it just because I, I mean, like I discovered it. It was two thousand two when I discovered it, so I don't know. Like it, it, you know, I know now. I know it would have. Um, it was made in nineteen ninety nine, and I had never heard of it when I rolled came across it. So, because my question is, do you think it was ever intended? to air with all of that music like was it just intended to be internally you know circulated through hollywood um you know as a pilot but i mean i guess the answer is probably no i think you always shoot a pilot intending it for it to to air but i'm just wondering how they got the release of all that music or did they not and not care because it wasn't going to air anyways i just curious how they even got all that music you know yeah i mean so it was Fox was was Godzilla was a Fox property, right? I, I think yeah, was, maybe yeah. they were all just like companies that Fox. I'm just I'm just pulling shit out right now, but like maybe yeah, it was just a it. company that Fox owned, um, Fox Music or something yeah. like that. Maybe they owned all that. Well, I feel like I feel like Interscope Records was the label that had Prodigy. And- and I think they also had a third and eye blind. And P. Diddy, right? Didn't he? Didn't he have a deal with Interscope like, at some point? Yeah, maybe they were yeah. owned by Fox. Or, it's all speculation, yeah. of course. Yeah. We're just yeah, like no, we're just we're kind of just, right, we're, yeah, we're doing out, like right? detective stuff right now. So yeah, we're doing young guy, <laughs> young guy, <laughs> Christian. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, dude, this was this was awesome. Like <laughs> I can't again, I can't even express to you all properly. How much I loved each and every show here. Uh, before we leave uh, Heat Vision and Jack, uh, let's all go around. I give this one five thumbs up. Um, yeah, but thumbs up. Uh, Zach, would you give this one? Uh, I give it a, a, a DP, double <laughs> penetration <laughs> thumbs up from the Kit Kat Club. <laughs> and Diallo, what do you give this I one? I give it three times the smartest person in the world thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> two, two, three times the smartest person in the world. Thumbs up. Could this be the best episode of TV Obscura we've ever done? And, and I don't mean like recorded. Twenty twenty three. But but <laughs> there you go. But like like TV shows like these. All three of us loved all three of these shows, and I think that that says a lot. I also think. It says a lot about humor when you do it correctly. Uh, when you when you make it sort of timeless versus trying to like make current references and stuff like that, those are fine and all. But I think we see now the shit that actually lasts is the stuff that can be satirical, like Sledgehammer. But you're not relying so heavily on on current you know references and gags and stuff like that and i think that's what kind of lends itself to to sort of stand the test of time but young guy christian was was fantastic oh. as as well and you know heat vision and jack was great but i just want to kind of like you know my final thoughts are you know besides just absolutely adoring all three of these shows it was very interesting 
to track and see the evolution of what would become Adult Swim. And obviously this isn't like, I don't think these shows are going to be like ever show up on like the history of Adult Swim and how we got there. But I think we can all sort of understand that these are pieces of the puzzle that helped get us to Adult Swim in all the shows. You know, check it out. All the Tim and Eric stuff. I guarantee you if we talk to, you know, Tim and Eric, Eric Heidecker and whatever their names are, guarantee you they would know and cite these three shows in some way, shape or form, you know, and I, I think it's I think it's apparent and I think all three of them stand the test of time. Um, I wish that young guy Christian, and I wish that Heat Vision and Jack had at least 13 episodes. I would have bought the the DVDs right now. All three of these shows are fucking comedic perfection, in my opinion. And I could not ask for a better TV Obscura to kick off 2023 with. So th- thank you both for, for bringing these shows to the table. Uh, Diallo, final thoughts on, on all three of them in general? Yeah, I uh, thought... Uh, absolutely loved all three i mean obviously i i liked heat vision and jack the most um but i thought that they were all great uh used to love uh, uh sledgehammer and it was great getting introduced to young guy christian even though <laughs> even though it supplant supplanted my uh the love of my life angie uh but sorry <laughs> um uh, one thing real quick too uh i noticed watching the three of these uh the depiction of women from that the 70s to the 90s there was a there was a progression like they all had like this for their era they had sort of like a feminist message it was just sort of told within the context of what they understood to be feminism at, at, the, at the time, time. Um, and you could actually yeah. see it yeah. progress where um, like uh, Shelley Long she definitely was like a young ingenue she was impressionable <clears throat> she used her, her sexiness a little bit more um, and and uh, but she she became more capable but she had to like rely on the guy to do stuff for her at the, at the end of the day and then um, Sledgehammer the character was a lot more forceful and competent. And then by the time you got actually got to, um, by the time you got to uh, Heat Vision and Jack, um, Christine Taylor had all sorts of agency where the other two characters didn't necessarily have that. Um, so I just, I just thought it was really interesting just that it, it was like a theme that I actually saw in the three of these. And can I actually take that one step further and say that there is also a visual theme to that as well. Shelley Long spends probably about a third of the episode in a bathing suit. Um, and then in Sledgehammer, um, Anne-Marie Martin, she's a cop and she's wearing cop stuff, but it's still like skirts and things. Mm-hmm. And then Christine Taylor in Heat Vision and Jack, is, is she's like a sheriff, but she's wearing the full... I don't want to say masculine, but like, you know, pants and button down shirt. And so even there's even a visualness, the, 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 the female characters actually wear more clothes as, as these shows went on. Except for the part when she's wearing like no clothes at the end. (laughs) I mean, she's making out with Jack Black. When she's wearing like a bed sheet. But other than, other than that. Ben Ben Stiller 
damn, dude, you're letting your girl, well, letting your girl. Jesus, Zach. (laughs) Freaking caveman. They're all blondes, too, by the way. They're all blondes. That is true. That is true. Maybe that's why I like them all. I don't know. (laughs) Anyway. Uh, Oh, and, you know, I had one final thought. Um, My biggest thing, I I think holding the first one back, young guy Christian, maybe the name, honestly, because uh, I know his his character's no. name was was <laughs> Guy Christian. Um, I don't know. I just for some reason I was like maybe a different name would have pushed it forward. I, I think. Haven't you ever I ordered a young guy Christian? <laughs> Haven't you ever ordered a young guy Christian? I'm, I'm going to now. <laughs> Zach, final thoughts on all three. Bartender, <laughs> young guy Christian, give me a please. young guy Christian <laughs> on the rocks. <laughs> Um, well, I, I wanted to quickly say, I, you know, Ben Stiller is as talented in front of the camera as he is behind the camera. And I think people often overlook that the guy is the, the show he has right now on, on Apple TV, uh, is wild and so good. Oh, didn't he, is, is ne- it severance? Is that what he did on severance? Yeah. yeah. If you've never seen severance and secret life of Walter Mitty, I think is, is an underrated masterpiece. Um, but his comedy from, from, I mean, the guy directed reality bites and you know, that that's a classic for many people. I'm not including myself in that, but I know a lot of people love reality bites. It it definitely set that in singles set the nineties, like kind of, uh, it's a time capsule movie for the nineties. And then, but then you look at cable guys, Zoolander, Tropic Thunder, young guy Christian, they all fit that similar mold of like really weird comedy, you know, just wacky, wacky comedy there and, and have a darkness to them too, because let's be honest, Schiavelli's character in this is vaporizing people throughout, turning them into ash. So it's dark as shit too. You know, people are getting decimated and killed. They're not just getting knocked out like they do in young guy Christian and sledgehammer. Um, so there's a level of violence that gets amped up and I'm totally cool with because I lo- think it's really funny. It's reminiscent of Monty Python. It's it's like a American version of Monty Python. In many ways, I'm like, is Ben Stiller the American version of Edgar Wright as a director? Perhaps because they have similar vibes to them. If If you think about if you really think about it, their love of like pop culture references and like kind of uh, as far as cinema is concerned. Anyways, all three of these, I think, are uniquely different in their own way. I think it's a great way to start our 2023. It could be our very best episode we've ever done. <laughs> um, but you know what? I'm going to say there's more good, There's more goodness to come. Comedy's easy, though, I think, also. Comedy's easy. There's so much to love about all three of these. There's so many jokes. There's so many funny moments throughout all of these. There's a. You're talking about... Uh, kind of the way women are portrayed in these young guy Christian definitely pushes the envelope as far as making women feel like less than because after Mia Shelley Long's character Mia does all that she needs to do he's like you know you're great you're great why did you just stay here with the other ladies <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I love that I thought that was hilarious but like, it's, oh you're fantastic she, you know, she's like alright what do you want me to do now he's like stay here with the ladies of course <laughs> <laughs> of course it's parody though. Yeah. It's parody, you know. That it, it, it's totally a commentary. Um yeah, no, I loved it. I loved every bit of it. And then I was kind of shocked to see Jack Black making out. That was I was kind of <laughs> slightly disturbed by that <laughs> and also uh thoroughly entertained thinking 
you know, it's. I'm sure that was awkward for all. That of was them. parody, also. <laughs> and I'll leave it at that. <laughs> yes, yeah. and I'll leave it at that. I. But I'm just happy that we have all of these. I'm so glad that we all brought something totally original and unique too. They're all original and unique. Sledgehammer, the most mainstream, but still, I think, flies under the radar for for today's audience. And a show that I'm shocked that, you know, you can still buy the DVD box set of. So I was Thank like, God. I know. I was like, great. That's freaking awesome. So now just give me a DVD, I guess, with just the one episode of uh, Young Guy Christian, <laughs> the one episode of uh, He Vision and Jack. I would just take the DVD of that. I, I hope... I hope these don't disappear off of YouTube because they are truly, especially the other two, you know, not Sledgehammer because you can buy the DVD, but the other two are truly unique. And I hope that they don't disappear off of YouTube like the uh, like the playlist that had uh, Werewolf that we used to cover. Now that's completely gone. And it's like, oh, man, really? Damn it. David Irons, thank you. Yes, thank you for thank you for what you do. <laughs> Amen, brother. Uh, and thank you both for for being such awesome co-hosts for TV Obscura. Uh, I know we plugged everything sort of at the beginning, but uh, I just want to say thank you both for always, you know, bringing your A game to this show. I, I think you guys are both freaking awesome, and you make me so much better doing this because you you trounce me in knowledge and in uh, in factoids and in personality and in humor and in looks <laughs> wow. and in looks I must say Jesus so <laughs> you know we're starting off 2023 right guys we're start we're starting off 2023 throwing myself under the bus no no no, no. Corey I, Stevenson I I I want to elevate my friends this this year and I love you both love TV obscure love doing it with you both. Um, do you want to plug anything else, Diallo, at the end of this? Anything else? Uh, what, what's your website? Where can everybody sort of find everything you're working on, you know, in the future when it pops and everything? So my primary website is adiallojackson.com. Uh, and then I also uh, have a website called Forge Creation Digital where I put all of my projects up. And then I have... First Noel Chronicles website, um, which uh, I just did a really big redesign um, ahead of the new audio recordings that are going to be coming up on it. Um, so those are the places that you can find me, as well as social media. Uh, the Armageddon on Instagram, and I have an author's page on Facebook. And, and I link to both of those usually, so you yeah. should be able to find all of that in the show notes. Angela in the Dark on Instagram, First Noel Chronicles on Instagram. You know, I'm out there, just doing my thing, man. L- living large, right, baby. Riding the, Love riding it. the surfways of the cosmic, uh, like Silver Surfer right now. Or. Or, or like Kramer when he doesn't have any underwear on and he's out there and loving every minute of yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. It just <laughs> surfer sails alone. Uh, Zach, uh, what a $2 late fee. You can find links, uh, $2latefee.com. You can find links to your Patreon and YouTube page. And I think uh, you guys are going to be dropping some some interviews, uh, some big interviews uh, on the YouTube page coming up, aren't you? Well, yeah, by the time this episode airs, uh, actually, I think coming up this Sunday, we'll be dropping a our interview with Joe Dante and Brendan Hay from uh, Lo- uh, Los Angeles Comic-Con that we had earlier in the year, last year, 2022. 
the audio version of that and the video will be posted, I think, soon on, on YouTube as well. Uh, but this Sunday of January, we're recording this in January, and this episode will drop. And then this following Sunday, if you're in Pasadena, speaking of young guy Christian, Barry Bostwick will be there. I'm actually going to be doing a little panel with him and Bob Lindemeyer, who's doing the Megaforce documentary, as well as a summer school reunion um, with a bunch of cast members from the movie Summer School. But since we're talking about Barry Bostwick and it's timely, yeah, Barry Bostwick is, uh, and his birthday's coming up too, by the way. Um, so if you're in the Los Angeles, Pasadena area, come to Pasadena Comic Con, where Dustin and I will be sipping tequila with Barry Bostwick, talking about young guy Christian. I'm going to bring that shit up to him. I guarantee it. Please do. Dude, please do. So go check out $2LateFee.com. You can find links to everything there. And, of course, you can find links to all of our stuff at PodcastingAfterDark.com. You can find links to our Patreon, our our Instagram, all that kind of stuff. And uh, this month we are kicking off our second year of The Carpenter Factor. So we are are digging into uh, Prince of Darkness this month uh i just have to edit the episode it's already been recorded and uh zach and i are going to be tackling they live next month so as you all know and when we've gotten a lot of new subscribers to patreon for the the carpenter factor but if uh if you haven't checked it out yet basically zach and i spent all last year uh going through all 12 of his movies in in order of his filmography starting with dark star we also inserted halloween 2 um because we felt like he had enough uh creative influence on that and actually shot some scenes that it was appropriate to, to insert. So we, we are sort of like one month off essentially. Um, but basically we were going through every single movie in order, uh, that he's done. And that includes Elvis and somebody's watching me as two TV movies, man, we did that. We did, we did Elvis covered that almost a year ago, bro. So yeah. And his birthday is, uh, this month as well in January. So go check out uh, our Patreon page, and that's patreon.com slash podcastafterdark, and uh, check out The Carpenter Factor. We are rocking and rolling, and when we're done with John Carpenter at the end of this year, we are going to dive into another, uh, uh, you know, uh, auteur, and uh, you can find that under the Auteur de Force tier. And uh, guys and gals, I'll give you... I think I'm going to give you all a little sneak preview of what next month's TV Obscure is going to be because we locked it in and it's uh, it's my birthday month. And as as Zach and Diallo will test, I don't ever, you know, say, oh, I want to do this and like, you know, make the entire layout myself. But I was like, guys, do you mind if I just pick everything in there? You guys are like, sure, why not? Yeah, it's your birthday. So we're going to do an all ghostbusters episode uh, next month. We're going to do real ghostbusters. We're going to do ghostbusters extreme. Nope. Extreme Ghostbusters, and then we're going to do the Filmation Ghostbusters as well. So it's it's going to be so much fun. All three of these cartoons are near and dear to all three of our hearts, and uh, I can't can't wait to discuss them with you guys. But, uh, yep, loved kicking off 2023 with Young Guy Christian, Sledgehammer, and Heat Vision and Jack. Woo, baby, what a ride. (laughs) And as always... Catch you on the obscure side.
Be sure to subscribe to Podcasting After Dark and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Support Podcasting After Dark on Patreon. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Podcasting After Dark. And visit us next time for another installment of Podcasting After Dark with Corey Stevenson and Zach Schaefer. Yeah.